0: Welcome back to the special edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, i Kip uh, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24-7. And uh, this is a special edition because, once again, and I wasn't a part of the first one we did like this, but uh, we're having to, unfortunately, come to you uh, kind of a sandwich episode, I guess it is, uh, because a a player has left Georgia's program. and, And this time it's on the defensive side. It's Brenton Cox. It's uh, not a 2017 signee, but a 2018 signee, a contributor, an expected contributor, and uh, you know we're we're going to break that down for you. We're going to break down for you what it means as far as team and as, as far as recruiting, and and uh, we're going to skip the pleasantries today. We're going to get right into it. And Rusty we talked before the show and and one of the things we wanted to talk about first was was your definition and, and kind of you having a chance to kind of explain what you mean by mutual decision a mutual parting of ways uh, between Brenton Cox and Georgia and and I wanted to give you an opportunity just to kind of unpack that a little
1: bit yeah and this is what's great about these podcasts because <clears throat> I think somebody made a mention the other day on the board about how uh, we're, we're able to tell things in more detail uh, um, doing this podcast and this is a prime example today i wrote a piece and it was said basically said that talking to to multiple sources now multiple trusted sources that i deal with daily uh, and i was given the answer this was a mutual decision and what i mean by mutual is from my understanding Brendan cox uh, withdrew and entered himself into the portal you go down and um, you know, you, you go down and you speak with the coaches, the coaching staff, and say you want to be entered a portal. That's kind of how that thing goes. And then Georgia will sign off or not sign off, which I really don't have a choice. But if they immediately sign off on that, you're good to go. You can part ways and you are good to go. Normally, I have talked with, I talked to a head coach recently, not in the SEC. I talked to a head football coach, not in the SEC, and he told me, The minute somebody walks in and says they want to go to the portal, he says, that's fine. You're no longer able to work out, you know, eat in our cafeteria. You're not doing what our scholarship kids are doing. That's that's his particular way of how he's handling those things. With this particular situation, I was told he filed for his transfer portal rights to be put in. Georgia immediately signed those. So when I mean it was mutual, that's what I mean. There was no... Hey, let's wait. Let's talk about this. Let's do this. The mutual part is he was leaving and Georgia said, okay. So I want to be real clear on that and how that goes. This has nothing. I mean, yes, it, it probably, there's probably a lot that goes back to the April incident, but there wasn't an incident like that, that, to my knowledge, this past weekend or the past week or so where he's been in trouble like that situation. So I want to be clear. Probably has something to do with April, and he's kind of been in maybe the doghouse and trying to get out. Whatever there is there, but whatever reason, on day three of fall camp, Britton Cox wanted out of Georgia, and Georgia signed the paperwork.
0: And and Rusty, from my understanding, and I wanted to get your take on this because, and you and I haven't even talked about this. Um, you know, we we communicate a lot, all of us, throughout the day, and and about what we're hearing, what we've got going on, stuff like that. And, and it was my understanding that later on in the day, whenever I checked on, check with some sources. And when I first checked on it, it was, I think so, but I'm not sure. And, and it's not final. And, and, you know, you got the same thing. So uh, it is my understanding at this point, Brenton Cox comes back to Kirby smart sits in his office. They have a heart to heart. This thing could get put back together. It's probably not going to happen. I, I would, I would bet on, you know, bet the house on it not happening.
1: But it's the same, entire, but, yeah, that's correct. You're, you're yeah. right. I to cut you off. Th- that could have changed uh, from the time of, hey, he's gone, uh, you can come back in here because that's, that's getting very common. A lot of these kids will stay. Look at the Alabama five-star linebacker. He was in the portal once, stayed a couple days, and decided to come back. So what you're saying, Jake, is correct. But I will say on this, with this Britton Cox deal, he's not coming back to Georgia. Uh, he's going his way, and Georgia's going another direction
0: right and you know one of the the good part about this is is having a chance to to and I, th- I think I said it like this whenever I ask you the question is to unpack this because this isn't about you know somebody else breaking the story and us trying to find holes in that that's not the way this works what is what it's all about is yeah great job for for, for the guys who broke this story um, you know you know good get by them reporting the information real time it's just it's a nuanced situation it really is it's one of those things and, and you pointed out the fact that This is probably not a one-incident type thing. Uh, This is one of those things, and we've seen enough of these. Kip, you've seen enough of them, too. You followed this sport long enough to know that, that this is a culmination of things. This is, and I'm not saying this is what I've heard, but this is a missed meeting here. This is a, um, you know, didn't finish practice here. This is a, didn't go get treatment when you were told to go get treatment there. It's, it's a culmination of things. And, and when that happens and, and, you know, finally there's a straw that breaks the camel's back, whether it was on George's end or whether on his end and, and that's how it ended up working out. So I, I think that this is a very interesting, uh, you know, thing and, and, you know, and before we get into kind of, you know, how it's going to affect Georgia on the recruiting trail uh, in, in terms of this coming class. And Rusty, you've already said it's not going to affect the numbers that Georgia can take. Uh, we, we want to get into kind of how it's going to affect the team. And, and Rusty, I, I wanted to go ahead and get your take on that. What, How do you think this affects Georgia? I mean, obviously they're deep at ins- outside linebacker, but, but how do you think this affects the team right away?
1: It opens up opportunity. You look at, you look at everybody and look, all of us have played football at one level or another, and you know, competition-wise, those guys are sitting in that room in Dan Lanning's room, and they're going, "Man, I've got to practice every day. I can't make any mistakes." There's a difference in, in competition, and 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 playing, thinking, and not turning it loose. Every one of those guys knew every single rep counted because there's only so much you can play. Now. It's not a good thing that Brenton Cox is not at Georgia from the football side of it. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that. But what I will say is they got some freaking dudes in that room and they got enough guys that can handle the load. They got enough guys that can handle the reps. They don't have a drop-off. It just means that someone like Jermaine Johnson, he has to be ready to go now because here's the difference in Jermaine Johnson. Brenton Cox was that bigger 250, 260-pound guy that they're probably going to count on against these running teams, that type of thing. Jermaine Johnson is probably going to be the one, in my opinion, to take over that role because Adam Anderson's not the type of guy that's going to get in there and set the edge. He's going to be that pass rusher, hair on fire, coming after you, can be a spy that they used him against Missouri last year. Nolan Smith, a a bowling ball, you know, guy that just wrecked havoc uh, you borrowing a term from Georgia, so they got that guy. And, uh, and the guy that we've talked about, and I mentioned him and well, Andrew Thomas kind of enlightened me about him, is Aziz Ojalari. So Georgia's got depth. I just think from the football side of it, somebody like Jermaine Johnson has got to be ready to go. Everybody's got to stay healthy now. Uh, they don't have that one more guy. They got some guys in there. They got Robert Beal. But right now I think Robert Beal's on the outside looking into those guys. Maybe Kip a touch on that a little bit. But from my perspective, they got depth, they got guys, but I think Jermaine Johnson is the key because he had that bigger body like Brenton Cox did.
0: Yeah, and and you know Dan Lanning, uh, you know, had a chance to talk to him today. He's the one that kind of uh, let you know something was coming here when he deferred that question that was asked to him about Brenton uh, to Kirby Smart. You kind of knew something was up and and didn't really have an idea personally that there was anything a whole lot wrong with that. It's something that just happened yesterday. Uh, but, but you know, you know Dan Lanning is talking to the outside linebacker group and challenging those guys. Hey, there are snaps to be had now, and it's going to be up to you whether you get them or not, and and that's big. Uh, Kip, you, you follow the team. You cover the team. You you write a lot about the team. What did you see out of Cox last year, and what's Georgia going to be missing with him gone? How will it impact the team?
2: You know it's interesting when, when Brenton came onto the team. You know, former five star guy coming in in that uh 2018 class. There were a lot. There's a lot of playing time for him. To, you know to really take hold of. And you know he played 277 snaps last season. I, I think that uh you know that was in that top top ten top fifteen range among the defenders. And really the guys coming back, it, it was it was in the top ten. It was number nine. I, I you know he he played fairly well. You know he had. Uh, what was it like uh, twenty stops last season? Uh, two tackles for loss, a sack. You know, for a freshman player, you know, it's it's pretty good. I think he also got his hand on a couple of balls. You know, yeah, uh, I, b- I believe it was three. I believe it was three pass breakups, yeah. a few hurries. So, so you know, he got that first start in, in the Sugar Bowl against Texas with with DeAndre Walker being hurt. And, you know, had his I guess his most productive game, six tackles in that game, had a shared a tackle for loss. He was a guy that, again, when he came in, a lot of playing time available. They needed him on the field, and, and you look at that that edge defender group. You know, this spring, this summer, there was a different room that Dan Lanning had. As you guys said, I mean, there was for the real first time in his career, Bryn Cox was facing some competition. He was getting pushed by guys. I, mean, I already mentioned Adam Anderson coming into year two strength con- conditioning program making that, you know, that next step. But, I mean, Nolan Smith and really Jermaine Johnson, they were guys that came in here and, and just hit the ground running. That was the difference here. You know, Brayden Cox was starting to see that, you know, maybe they're, you know, I might not get 277 snaps this season. Even with DeAndre Walker gone, you, you look at Jermaine Johnson, I think that he was a guy that was going to be earning, you know, a lot of DeAndre Walker snaps and, and earning a lot of playing time here at you know at that Jack linebacker, and then uh, having a full year off the injury. Zizo Jelari is a guy that I think all of us you know on the Dogs twenty four seven staff I think we all have him pegged as kind of maybe that that breakout defender this year, the guy that's gonna really take advantage of being completely healthy, sure of himself, and and, and having you know spent time. Conditioning, getting stronger and really just taking advantage of of having that full year in a college program and, and coming on strong. That was a guy that, you know, if, if if they were playing Vanderbilt today, I, I would probably have him pegged as, as getting that as getting that start, you know, uh, just because I have that, you know, that much of a high opinion of, of what he's going to do over the next couple of years and what he, just, you know, seeing that progression from him. So I think for, for, for Brenton Cox, it, it was kind of probably pretty opening though the last six, nine months, uh, just seeing what the other guys were doing and, and seeing that room build a lot more depth. And, and you know, again, you mentioned uh, Robert Bill as well and, and uh, Nolan Smith, I think, it's the one position where, while Robert bill I mean, while while uh, Cox had a lot of talent, that was a room that that had gotten a lot of a lot of depth, and and that's why we always talk about recruiting, and, and that's why recruiting is so important. And, and really, what Dan Landing has been able to do the last couple of years has been pretty impressive, and has allowed them to, you know, maybe be able to to handle something like this.
0: That group, and when I wrote about this earlier today, I pointed out that I felt like this group, as much as any, uh, was able to handle a loss like this. But the thing that concerns me most about it And listen, it's, it's one of those things where it may end up affecting you may, may not, but you, but you kind of think about it when you're around the team every day is is something Rusty said a minute ago about him being that 250, 260 pound guy that can sit there, set the edge, take on tackles, do all of that stuff. You've got one less guy to do that now. And, and, you know, to me, does that mean teams are going to wear your defense down? No, not, not necessarily, but all of a sudden it becomes more of a possibility. It becomes a little bit more of a possibility for these guys having to take on those 320-pound tackles in the SEC. To like teams like Missouri with the Asir Durant and and you know their offensive line and a good run game. You know it does make you a little bit more concerned about the depth Georgia has at that position, at that three-down linebacker position, a guy that can come in there and 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 bloody his nose a little bit and and play on those those tough downs. And so that's where I think this hurts Georgia and that and the fact that Brent Cox played a lot of snaps. Uh, you know, I don't think he was the most talented guy in that group. I, I do think there are guys with more raw talent, but but he played a lot of snaps, and that counts for something. Experience counts for a lot, and that's where I think it hurts, Georgia. But what I also think it helps, Georgia, is if there was any sort of discord here, if there was any sort of, of frustration or attitude issues or, or whatever, if, if he was unhappy, you get an addition by subtraction type situation going on there. And I'm not saying that's what it was, but if there, but if there, if there was, then, then you get that, you know, also, and that helps out your team a lot. And then plus Kip, just kind of piggybacking off what you said, you just named six guys, you know, five guys, didn't name Walter Grant, who kind of does his own thing yet outside linebacker. He's more of a Sam than a Will, and a pass rusher and a run stopper at the line of scrimmage. He's more of a space guy, but you've got six outside linebackers there now get three or four of those guys hurt. Maybe you're wishing you had Brenton Cox back. But but then you've got Quay Walker. You know, you've got somebody else that you can kind of slide out there and, and maybe give them a few reps. Uh, but but I, I don't think this this super, you know, in a big way hurts Georgia. But it stings a little. It stings a little because he was a member of that number one ranked recruiting class. He was a five-star. He has a lot of potential. He does some things that, that not everybody else in that group can do. And, and that's where it might be able to hurt him a little bit.
1: post your free job on linkedin.com/recommend today.
0: One more thing I want to touch on here before we get into before we get into the recruiting side of it, uh, I want us to each have an opportunity to talk about the one guy we feel like benefits the most from Brenton Cox's departure. The the one guy you feel like is has the most to gain from this in terms of playing time, snap count, all of that stuff. Uh, and we'll start with you, Kip. Uh, who is the one guy that you can kind of point to as as the beneficiary from from this uh, from this uh, you know departure? I'm
2: going to go a little different route. We've talked a lot of, about a lot of edge defenders, but I know that Kirby Smart likes to mix it up a little bit, based on and, and throw as many packages as he can in there. I think this helps Malik Herring, a guy that again can play that defensive end role, uh, a guy that's you know, very athletic and guy that's very disruptive. I think if they're having a guy that's, you know, on that first and second down, if they're going to have a a fourth D lineman in there or, or you know, whatever they want to do, I think Malink Herring's going to get a lot more snaps. I think that just puts even more on his plate. I think that Kirby Smart and Dan Lanning, you know, they're going to ask a lot of him. They're going to ask him to fill several roles if possible and again, I mean, he could be that guy. He could stand up if they need him to. If they, I mean, if they want to go with some sort of sub package like that. I think Malik's athletic enough to do it. I mean, we've seen him, uh, you know, what he can do, how athletic he is, 6'3", 280 pounds. You know, he's that guy that can really set the edge for them and, and be a guy that can really get into opponents' backfields and, and give them a little bit of that, that havoc that I think they're really – focusing on, on and trying to have on defense this year. So that's that's my guy. I think Malik Herring's a guy that we're gonna see play a lot this year and, and and play deep in the football games. Rusty
0: who uh who do you think uh who's your pick there?
1: I'm gonna go way outside the box. But first of all, I really like um uh, what Kip said there. I think Malik Herring is a is a guy that's a disruptor. He plays pissed off and I like him um you know he's always had a little a little junk in his neck, so to speak. And, I, I, you know, Kip's mentioned him a couple of times, and I think people need to realize, you know, I like that. I like what he says about Malik Heron, and and I'm a believer of that as well. I'm going to go completely out of the box here, and and I'm going to say that Kirby Smart is the winner in this. Now, I'm going to say George is not better because Brenton Cox left. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm going to say that for this football team and for the next recruiting classes and for the next recruiting classes, and for these freshmen that are coming on campus right now and the guys that are committed, to me it's kind of a statement, Kirby Smart. This is not a Jeremiah Holloman situation. This is not a Justin Fields situation. This is a situation where I believe this was my way or the highway, and you were going to do things the way Kirby Smart wanted you to do things. You were going to do things the way that he coached you every day. Um, and I think that for the, the, the bigger picture, I think Kirby Smart sent a message today to everyone, probably his staff, probably his players, uh, and everybody around that Georgia program, that you're not bigger than this program, and if you don't do things the way we expect you to here, you'll be somewhere else. That's an interesting take,
0: and and I, it's hard to disagree with it. It really is. I mean, that is a that's a very interesting take because not only not only do you say that to not only do you say that make that statement to the guys already then, but Jen, you brought this up. All of these five stars they're recruiting, they now know you don't do things the right way, especially the guys familiar with Brenton Cox and the ones who came up in the state of Georgia and and have followed this recruiting, you know, thing for a few years. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how talented you are, doesn't matter how great you are. You know, I, I think that, you know, you know for a fact that that if you don't do it the right way, or if you don't make an effort to do it the right way or show improvement in the in your process and the way you're doing things, you're gone. Um, I'm going to bring up a guy that you said a minute ago uh, that is a tick behind everybody else. Couldn't agree with that more, but now he's a step closer, and and he's a guy that can turn it on, and and make a difference. And that's Robert Beal. I, I think Robert Beal has an opportunity here because Robert Beal is big enough, and I you know watched him closely today. I wanted to go out there to practice and watch those ins- I mean, outside linebackers a little closer, and and get a read for. You know, what everybody had, all the changes they made up their body, they've been wearing shoulder pads, a see them in shoulder pads most of the time anyway, and I felt like Robert Bills a guy that's probably in that 245 to 250 pound range, somewhere maybe between 240 and 250, and, and he's a guy that can get some of those early down, uh, you know, get your hands dirty type of snaps. I think that he's the kind of guy that can that can give you some of those in a game. Find a role for himself. I also think he's a pretty talented pass rusher when he wants to be. And if the light comes on for him, he can really make a move and help this defense. And and now he's a step closer. He's probably the fifth guy on the field. And if you want to put the you know take Walter Grant out of the picture, put the other five guys: Jermaine Johnson, Adam Anderson, uh, uh, Nolan Smith, and uh, uh, I'm missing somebody: Zizo Jilari if you want to take those guys plus Robert Beale, he's probably the fifth guy right now. He got himself in the doghouse with Brenton Cox this spring, but ultimately he's got an opportunity now and and they're going to play a lot of guys and and, and he's got to step up another guy that and listen, there's no inside information here. And, and, you know, I, I think it's kind of odd. I, I think it's kind of an odd thing. I don't expect it, but it wouldn't shock me what if they what if they wanted to try and use trayvon Walker in kind of an edge you know uh an edge type thing with his athleticism having played some linebacker? that's an option I think they could turn to as well is to maybe carve out a specific role for him to get him on the field and 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 I tell you another thing too with what Kip brought up Justin Young's emergence this spring and Kirby Smart talked about him on the first day about how he's gotten a lot bigger and a lot stronger that even becomes bigger because if you want to try to get. Malik Herring in there on an early down is that outside linebacker position. You've got now got David Marshall and Justin Young that can kind of flip flop in there and give you some snaps and take some of the pressure off. So that all of a sudden becomes really big, too. Let's move into the recruiting part of it. And Rusty, you like you said, it's not going to affect the way uh, the number of kids that they can take in this class. It's it, the number they can take is going to be 23 or, or right there around it. In your opinion, how does the loss uh, of Brenton
1: Cox affect Georgia on the recruiting trail in the twenty twenty one class? Well, well, Kip's actually the one that you know started texting me immediately. We're trying to figure out, you know, one hundred percent he's in the portal, and you know, Kip's mind, and, and, and good for him. is trained to think of the next thing. So Kip's texting me at the same time. You know, they're going to make positions. Is this going to change. How does this? How does this change for the future here, this class? And so what I did was at that point I went to confirm that this does not. Change the number uh, for this particular class; it will count against the initials next year, so they'll get one next year. But uh, Kip was right, and Kip probably talk a little more about this. You know, maybe o. Jolari, a guy that was really good at the opening, Kip was there again. I want to steal his thunder. Uh, maybe he slides into this class. However, they're going to have to change uh, their board a little bit. Are they going to take? Um, are they going uh, to take one less O lineman? Are they going to take one less D lineman? Uh, spots are tight, man. You know, we know they're going to take two tight ends. We know they're going to take another running back. Um, We know that, you know, there's so many things that could go into into this right now. You know, is Jared Zirkle, the kicker, going to be a blue shirt? All those things, we don't know that. I mean, that was something that's brought up on the board last night. Me and Kip thought it was a, you know, we started talking about it, texting back and forth. There's a lot of things there. I think the one thing you watch is B.J. O'Jolari. Um, does he find his way into this class now we don't know that but very well georgia could make that decision down the line to say now we got to adjust our board uh, because of this kip probably will touch on that but uh, that's kind of my thoughts on this recruiting class right now
0: what about you kip what's your take on how it affects the class
1: yeah
2: i, I think it at least uh you know it, it, it opens the coach's eyes to to maybe have to, to look ahead and see what might happen i mean like Like Rusty mentioned to me today, if if Jermaine Johnson has, you know, just comes out and uh, has a big time season and uh, is a potential NFL player and and sees that and goes for it, then, then that becomes an even bigger need in this class. And again, yeah, the numbers are what they are. So do they take one less wide receiver? You know, they have they have guys on board right now that they could roll with. Do they stick with that? That's one position I would look at, you know. Uh, so, I agree. I agree with Rusty. I mean, BJ Ojulari is the guy that I would keep an eye on. I think it's very interesting. If you go back to his update at the opening finals uh, in uh, in July in Dallas, what is what does uh, BJ say when when he's asked about Georgia? He says, "We'll see how it plays out, and and if any people leave." He said that. He had that quote then. He was looking to see what that position group, you know, what the numbers were at his position at Georgia. You know, maybe that's, you know, that was something he was already keeping an eye on back then. He had that quote first and he mentioned he already had a strong connection with Dell McGee, the recruiter of record at Marietta High School, as well as coach Dan Lanning. So. You know, I've already reached out to BJ, and he, he's going to uh, let me know if things change. And, but that's something we are going to track moving forward at Dogs 24-7. To, to put
0: a few things out there, um, one, uh, yes, BJ, if you didn't already know, BJ Ogilari is Aziz Ogilari's younger brother. Uh, a couple years behind him, uh, and and blew up at the opening this past year, much like his brother did a, a couple years ago, and uh, and so that that is a connection that Georgia has there. Uh, haven't really run into very many brothers that didn't want to play together, so that's that's an advantage I think if Georgia has if if they do decide to turn up the heat. As of right now, uh, Mikael Sherman is, is the only is the is the only outside linebacker edge rusher in George's class which tells you that with with before Brenton Cox left they had seven outside linebackers none of whom were set to graduate and they were bringing one in so they're f- totally cool with having eight somewhere 7 or 8 is probably the number they really want to have on the roster at one time and you know you you do run that risk of of if uh, if Jermaine Johnson you know, has a good enough season to jump early, you need to kind of have a contingency plan there, and they may go ahead and pull the trigger. And, and I'm glad you brought it wide receiver because I did want to ask you, and, and it does seem like you think it's a possibility, so you kind of answered it. If you thought that it may you know, affect the recruitment of Arian Smith or, or maybe the status of another wide receiver that's on campus, and, and that's all conjecture at this point, uh, but, but that's something that, that we have to keep an eye on as well uh i think that's it guys any more kind of parting shots here to, uh, about this thing before we kind of wrap this joker up
1: um I, I i do want to say that um you know i made a note dog treats today and i had a couple of dms about adam anderson and is he struggling and i'm not him listen adam anderson is continuing to try to put on weight but i talked to somebody very very close to this football team this past weekend and adam anderson is fast he's be is long, and he will attack as a pass rusher. So the, the worries about him and not gaining weight, yes, to play every down is might be a little problem right now. But when he comes in to rush to passer, teams are going to have to deal with him, and Adam Anderson's best days are definitely ahead of him.
0: Kip, got anything else?
2: Buckle up guys. I think the next month for, uh, not just Georgia football, but Georgia recruiting, I think it's going to ramp up here. Uh, you know, when we are ha- in that dead period right now, but I, I think things are still going to heat up uh, with, with Georgia recruiting. It's, uh, getting, getting set for that, that month of September, it's going to be a big one with the, that Notre Dame home game. I think it's, it's going to be something we're really going to start focusing on a lot of big time recruits have already circled that I, game is the the game they want to be in Athens I think Georgia is gonna have a problem uh, just you know picking which guys they're gonna have in town that weekend and it's gonna be one of those where the tickets are going to be so hard to come by they're gonna be having to turn some guys away that that want to be in town but I, I think it's gonna start cranking up you know the we we've had the, the summer is over the fall is here this is that second Second recruiting season with the early signing period, it's going to really start getting interesting with with Georgia and these spots that are remaining in this class. There's a lot of big time guys out there. I think uh, you know uh, it, it, it's worth this keeping your eyes on on the Dogs Two Four Seven website over the next couple of weeks as we start to figure out who's going to get these spots in that 2020 class. If
0: if you were thinking about panicking, if it was an option for you, don't because like Rusty pointed out, Georgia's got a lot of different guys that they can wind up and turn loose and wreak havoc. All of that is big. And, and, you know, they're going to be fine at outside linebacker. We, you know, Kip pointed out Malik Herring. I pointed out Quay Walker. Uh, Those guys are also, you know, they, they've got options at outside linebacker. Recruiting's going extremely well. Um, Not an ideal situation to lose uh, Brenton Cox, but georgia can absorb it and that's why you recruit the way kirby smart has and why you put so much effort into it that's it for this special edition of the junkyard Dogcast. i'm jake rowe with dogs 24 7 with me has been kip adams and rusty mansell of dogs 24 7 and we will catch up with you guys later on